0: Hey, my name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm a certified life coach and motivational speaker. And I'm here to help you unlock your true strengths so you can create the life of your dreams. I teach you my best tips to master your mindset, create confidence, and empower yourself to take back your life. It's your time. This is the Mind and Body Strong Podcast. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast. I have yet another guest here. It's Jen Anthony. She's one of my best friends and she's also the co-founder of Don't Quit Foundation and Mental which is the mental health awareness half. They raise a awareness for mental health and they have a half marathon and a 5k here in dallas which i've done my first half marathon there and i did the 5k this past year and we'll be doing one of the one of those coming in the fall she's also a wife dog mom graduate administrative um, is advisor for the Caribbean Medis- Medical School and wannabe runner, but she says wannabe runner. But you are like the person who taught me all about running. So hi, Jen, welcome to the podcast. First of all, thank hi, you. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Hello. Excited that you're here, but. For all my listeners out there, Jen is like a huge inspiration in my life. And being that this episode is coming in May, which is mental health awareness, I knew that she was a perfect person to bring on because she's taught me so much about mental health and how she uses running to really help advocate for mental health. And she has an incredible story about how she's been able to go through her own process and then how she's now advocating for other people. So Jen, hi, <laughs> what got you into the mental health awareness field, your little bit about your story, and then of course we want to hear about don't quit and all of that. Okay, where to even
1: start? This is the problem. Everyone has so much to say, right? Um, so what was your first question? It was what got me into mental health
0: awareness? Yeah, so this, yeah what brought you to kind of discovering your own mental health process <clears throat> and now moving towards this movement of don't quit? Okay. Um, well, in
1: 2013, um, my mother died by suicide, and she had struggled with depression since I was 15. So she struggled with this for 15 plus years, and I watched her go through this process, and this was back in the late 90s when <clears throat> mental health You know, there was therapists and there was psychiatrists, but there was no, I was from Oklahoma. We didn't really talk about it. We went to church and like some people knew that she had depression when she was diagnosed, but we didn't really talk about it. I mean, there's a lot that went on there, obviously growing up with that. Um, Whenever she died, it just kind of, it opened my world to like, to just this other side of things, I guess. And so with that being said, I started, I started running. That's what I started. I started doing that to cope with it. I kind of went to a couple of therapists. I didn't really know about it. I watched her go do medications, all that. Um, everyone kind of with just the suicide part of it, it's like, why did it happen? Why did she do this? I mean, there's not really an answer. Um, and I, I, that I kind of made it my goal from when that happened to like help other people not get to that point I mean that's kind of a big task so that's a big thing to say but I just I don't want anyone to feel how she felt to where she got to the point where she killed herself um she lost my dad we lost my dad um seven years before that and after that happened I think she really felt alone and then even though she tried the therapist and counseling I mean you can read her journals I've started to read them more on and off and it just really talks about her what she was going through yeah. So anyways, um, I was living in Florida. I started, I started running, um, and that's how I started coping. I actually started a blog called a Journey Through the States. I had only run one half marathon in 2008, and I swore I'd never run one again. I did another one for fun. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> I, I do not know you knew that. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. Know so that I, I did not, that. like, I was not a runner. I was never athletic growing up. Like, I wasn't a runner. But running hurt me to the point – Sounds weird that I actually felt something, so when she died, I started running because I felt it and I could control it, and I could do all those things um fast forward two years almost to the date later um I found myself in a a car accident, and um it changed my life. I was pulling out from work, I was training for my i think it was like my second state. No, my yeah, my, my third state, I was going to go, I was supposed to go to Louisiana. It was back in 2015. I was feeling good. I was mentally back. I started going back to church. I, you know, found a therapist. I was running, you know, 20 miles a week. I was like, okay, I got this, you know, and I pulled out. And the next thing I knew I was pinned in my car, a car had um, come around the corner and T-boned me going pretty fast. And, um, I looked out, I couldn't move my legs. And the next thing I knew I was being life flighted to the hospital and um, being told you, I, my, I, I still didn't get it in my head in my head. I was really stubborn. I was like, okay, I'm in a wreck. You know, I can't find my legs. We're good. Like what's going on in the emergency room? I'm talking to them. And they were like, um, you, you broke your pelvis and you broke your tailbone. We have to have an emergency surgery in the morning and all these things and I'm sitting here. I mean, I was like, wait, what?
0: Um Yeah, did it okay. even register I, in that no, moment? No, no, it didn't
1: re- it didn't register and I kept like literally the ER doctors, you know me, I'm like all like, oh like, okay, so I have a race in two weeks, like so am I like am I gonna be okay to go run it? And they're like literally I think I was in shock. Yeah. Um and anyway, I had the surgery. I get, I get home, you know, I was in the hospital for five days. I couldn't walk. Um, I get home and in my head, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, first of all, I'm just so thankful to be alive. I really understood that I could have died in this accident. And so I was really focused on that. And then when it's all said and done and you get home and you're alone and you have your thoughts. And then I realized the only thing that I really, really truly used to control like the mental aspect besides, you know, all the other things was my running. And no, that was taken away from you. Yeah. At some point I can't even tell you when I remembered like that being taken away and like the feelings of the, just not having control and on the outside I was still me and acting like it was okay. And I was doing all the positive Facebook posts and oh my gosh, I've been through losing my dad. I've been through losing my mom. I'd been through, you know, all these other things. I'm going to get through this accident. But on the inside, I was literally like crumbling.
0: Yeah, like when we talk about mental health too, it's it's not this thing that you just look at someone and say, oh, that person, they need help because they're clearly depressed. It's like sometimes we put on this mask. And like you said, when you're alone with your thoughts, that's where, that's what we're talking about here when we talk about mental health, yeah. like building your yeah. toolbox, like when your one thing is running and that's taken from you, what do you do? So what did, right. you, what did you do when you came to this realization?
1: I... It was hard, um, because then when that happens then I start dealing with, you know, my mom's death. Really, or dad dying, because he was you know, his I didn't say earlier, but he was in actually in a motorcycle accident. That's how he passed away. So very sudden things and then this happening and so you have you have two choices. So luckily something inside me it's my faith. I'm a Christian, I believe. God, obviously. I And something inside me was like, you got to keep going. you remember why you started running in the first place? Why was that to help other people not feel alone? Okay, well, you're alone. So I just started reaching. I started reading books. I started literally reaching out and um, watching my church online. I started journaling. I, I actually have a journal and I pulled it out the other day and it was like that's how I got through that. Um, not the choice to don't quit. The name of the race that it came to be is literally like what I had to, to pull through and do um, a lot of crying, a lot of praying, a lot of asking God, why is my mom not here? When you're in pain, you want your mom, you know, and I remember just crying like by myself, dropping something, not being able to pick it up, getting stuck, you know, not able to move and like crying and going through that. But also knowing deep down that there was a reason that I was going through this and just being reminded by friends and families and, and angels that were there because even though my family's way smaller, I had some angels in my life that got me through to where I am If you go through it. And like, looking back, that was what, that was 2000, that was five, five years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then the things in motion that happened, one of the things I started doing is I had a really, really great friend that I met um, as I was healing. Cause I did go through, I was in a wheelchair for a minute and then I was in a walker for a minute. Cause I also with this surgery, it's not like they just like, I literally they had to go and put metal on my left side and had a surgery, you know, on my stomach and all those things. Things, but I moved through. I met a person. His name is Jared, um, and he, a year before my accident, had been in a car accident. He was in his early 30s, and he um, was paralyzed from the waist down. And I tell this story all the time. But I was somewhere. I was at. A, I was with a friend. I met him through a friend, and I remember I would. I just started physical therapy. I just started walking again, and I was sitting on the ground and he was there and he was living right at the time he was living with his, um, his brother and, um, sister-in-law he, because he'd only been out a year, like rehabilitating, all that. Um, I got up off of the ground and he looked at me and he said, does it still hurt you? And I'm like looking at this human who has been through this trauma who literally cannot walk. He will not be able to walk. He is paralyzed asking me if I'm okay, or does it hurt you? And something just that moment just changed everything. And I will say that changed to where I am, where I am today is because of that conversation. Um, And he was actually taking a course um, and it was like a self help development thing. He'd been in it. He's a big advocate for it. So I decided to try it out and so I started going and it's just all about helping yourself. It basically brings like all therapies that you ever learned in your whole life into like a weekend or like a, a course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, anyways, between then 2015 and, and 2016, I just like woke up and I was just, I really woke up and it wasn't really about me. And I know I would blog about like, Oh, I've been through this. It was about, it was bigger, bigger, bigger than me. Um, what had happened. And one of the, um, one of the, one of the aside the last assignment from the last course that i did was developing something that you're passionate about that would also help a community that was in 2016. well i ended up moving moved back to texas because my brother is in oklahoma and my nieces and so i want to be closer to them because after you go through something traumatic you kind of reevaluate your life and like what do you want in your life where are you going so i moved to texas which is where i met you um but i moved i moved here and I, um, I was still taking this course, but they had a, they had a branch in Dallas. I was taking it. And that was the thing. And so I was like, what can I do? My two biggest passions, obviously mental health and running. Cause those are the, the, those, you know, mental health impacted me, you know, just mental illness impacted me and then running is what I say saved me. Um, so I, when I moved to Texas, I actually did my first race back here that I could run. It was, um, it was the too cold to hold it was the worst it was the most challenging race i've ever done and it hurt because i never run that far or whatever and all that since the accident but i did it and um since then you know i, I figured out i could run again shortly after that i emailed someone i started researching someone had told me right after my mom died about um an organization called nami national Home. and at the time they told me i was like well, what is this going to do for me like my mom's already passed like what is this like what is this doing for me because at the moment i still didn't get it i still didn't get the impact that maybe i that i was going through or whatever anyways um i started researching it and seeing what they had and i realized what they were and it's this organization that has these the resources for the community they're free resources for peer to peer people that have mental health conditions you can call them and they can keep in touch with people and i started putting together and i was like this is it so i started googling there never been a mental health awareness half marathon anywhere in the U S there have been rocks. There's, there've been 5 there There never been. So my mind started going. I started, I was praying about it. I was like, what do I do? Wrote an email to, um, at the time she was executive director there. Her name is Marsha. He's also the co-founder of this organization. But anyway, I wrote to her and I wrote her an email. My long story short, I was like, okay, this is going to be long. It ended up being really long. Anyways, we saw the email. I wrote to her. I told her my story. I told her the idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like that. Hey, do you want to do this or never going to have a marathon? Let's partner. Let's do this. That was, um, that was three years ago and we're about to have our third race. So here yeah.
0: we are. So long. To, no, that was so perfect. And thank you for sharing all those little pieces. Cause I think it's so inspiring to hear how you've gone through so many different obstacles in life that were just thrown at you. So suddenly like nothing you could have controlled, with your parents dying, with your your car accident, nothing you could have controlled, but how you took yourself and used running as a coping mechanism. When that was taken away, still you found a way. And that's why I think Don't Quit is such a fantastic movement that people can really be inspired by people who have done it themselves so that they can find that power within themselves. And I think that's kind of like, to me, what it's all about is like us sharing our truths and what we've gone through so that that story can impact another life. So with the races, and we're coming up on our third one here in October, so if you're in Dallas, definitely check out doing this race or come to the 5K. We love having all you guys there. Um, Go back to when you had the first Don't Quit race. I want you to kind of take us there and, like, what that experience was like having your dream come to reality.
1: It was um, incredible. I I wish I would have slowed down a little to maybe feel it more, to, like, just – like, I get more emotional about it now than I did then, because now I'm looking back, um, you know, we had over, when we did this, um, we had, we had over 500 people come to our first race, which is like incredible. And, and I was talking, I was talking to my husband at some point during all of this. And I was like, you know, a lot of this, you know, I'm like, I don't try to make it personal, but it, it was very personal at the time because it goes back to like the not wanting people to feel alone. Like, how do you do that? And then all of a sudden seeing 500 people come together and they all are there for a reason. You know, there are all people that they came in for the run or the walk, you know, they came in for that, but I'd say 75% are there because they knew someone they were going through something, had a mental health condition, they were grieving, they had lost someone, they felt alone, but then you have this community of people that are just there. Everyone like we've talked about it a hundred times. Everyone has a story at some point in our life. We are all going to go through something that breaks us and that hurts us. Or we're going to know someone that has gone through something that's hurt them, you know, and and the stigma is lessening. It's still there. You know, it's it, the stigma is still there. We, we know it. Even for me, I was talking to a friend. I don't talk about, you know, my panic attacks or my anxiety, Right? I talk about everyone else's. I was just talking to her there on the phone. Like she was sharing with me. She'd never opened up about it. And she's like, I know you do this like talking about it, but just, at that moment, like, looking back, even the last second race, it's, like, just people coming together, knowing for that run, or that walk, or being out there, volunteering, that we're all out there for that same sort of reason, for the same cause, like, there's no word to describe that feeling, and how I just want to keep growing, like, I want people all over the world, everywhere, to know that you're not alone, and, and and you have resource, I think that was the main thing with my mom, when I, like, back in the regret, is, like, I wonder, you know, oftentimes if she would have had the resources, like mm-hmm. other people to go through this with her, like, you know, NAMI has peer support groups. So when you go to the group, you know, there's going to be someone there with that is going through something with anxiety, depression that has, you know, schizophrenia, whatever it is. And, and you can talk about it. And just to know you have that group, like I always look back and I know, I can't change that. And I've, I've moved through this, but looking back being like, man, if she would, if I would have had a group like NAMI, like she would have got involved. And I mean, therapist and church and all that's good it's awesome but you also need to to relate to people you know and so mm-hmm. that's kind of the biggest thing for me with the race is starting the movement and, and kind of getting people together and talking about this like you know yeah, it's so funny yeah. where you don't put sure yourself, it's like oh what's that race and then you talk about it and you talk about mental health and then you learn their story like what they've been through I've learned so much about so many people with this and it's it's incredible and it just you know if if one person reaches out And makes that choice
0: to live, like it's just it's worth it. Totally, yeah, yeah. And I think looking back, even five years ago, this wasn't talked as talked about as much as it is now. Like we are talking about it, we're bringing awareness to it. People are starting to be honest about what they're going through, and I think that's so important because there is, if you keep all of those things in the dark, there can't be healing like you have to shed light on it and let yourself know like that there are options. I think when you're in, I was in this place too where I was just feeling and when I learned about don't quit, I haven't personally ever been diagnosed with like depression or anxiety or anything like that. But I experienced like daily anxiety and like going through my own tough times and went through a very hard season of my life that I was reminded of this where I felt like very, Tunnel vision that it was only one choice and I felt just very defeated. And I think don't quit message spreads that there are options. There are people there are resources that you are not alone and like, especially you helping me through all that and reminding me every single day, even when I did not want to listen was like what really helped impact me. So I would love to hear your view too, because I think when people hear mental illness or mental health, they're like, well, I don't have a depression, I don't have anxiety. Like, what does mental health mean to you? Who needs to be aware about mental health? Everyone, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no so, so you think about it, you think of it as a diagnosis, right? So my mother was diagnosed major depressive disorder. She's depre- like, she's diagnosed, that's what it was, right? And then I told you my story, and like, okay, well, Jen, you went through this, so obviously you're gonna have anxiety or PTSD, right? Like, so that's actually I literally had this conversation two days ago with a, a friend of mine who called and like shared her story. We we're talking about it, and one of the words she, one of the things she said was, "Well, you know, you've been through this, or that happened. Like, I don't have anything to make me feel like what you're saying. Like, I don't have anything to make me, you know, anxious or feel depressed or whatever. And and that that's the thing. It's it is a it is a chemical." It's a chemical thing, and everyone goes through it at some point. And and some people do it short-lived. Some people, maybe after they grieve. Some people, maybe maybe they're diagnosed. Some people aren't diagnosed. And that's the thing is I think that it's not for me, and I'm not politically correct or whatever I'm about to say. I'm not a psychologist. um, But for me, it's not about a diagnosis or saying you are or you're not. Obviously, some people that have a mental illness, they have to have medication. I'm totally for that if you have to have it, you know. Um, Some people just can, you know, they may have, they may be depressed and get to go exercise and they feel better. Um, But I think it affects every single human in different ways in different areas. And when you say mental illness, it it sounds kind of like a scary word. It's like, Oh, I don't have mental illness. Or you don't want to talk about it because it's like, Oh, I don't have problems because also in today's world, we put stuff out there on Facebook that we're happy or like, this is what we're doing. And we're all like motivating each other, which is awesome. And then it's like, there's another side to it. You know, like we could have gone into facets in your life or my life that we didn't really talk about like the darker things that happened, you know, and that's, and that's okay too. You have your close friends for that, but mental illness, mental health affects every single human. And sometimes it takes going through something with someone or having something happen to you for you to realize it. And I can totally appreciate someone that comes up to me and says, I don't get it. Because I don't, like, that's okay. Like, I didn't get it. Like, I was at a, I went, to, um, I did this, um, NAMI has a, NAMI has a program um, for students. And, yeah, you go into the schools and you talk to, like, high schoolers and you give your story and they ask questions. I remember one of the students, for my first time to really ever, my second time to go share my story, talk about mental health with them and, like, the signs and what you should do, raised their hand, probably, like, 15 years old, and said, did you go to therapy with your mom? And I'm like you know, looking back. No. And you know what? I wish I would have gone to some sessions with her because I was literally 15. I mean, to me, my my normal with her, I was 15, 16. She would go to the hospital sometimes. No one really knew. I was very involved in school. I was, you know, senior class vice president on the, like doing all the things. And she would always show up with my everything. Um, and that was kind of like my reality so to me when I look back it's like we had her in therapy she was seeing a psychiatrist she was on the medication we go to you know we were praying for her we're doing all those things but I wasn't in it with her my dad bless his heart he was her savior like he he did so much for her but he didn't we didn't get it we didn't try to get it and so when I looked at him and I go no but you know what if you know your mom or a friend or someone's going through it I would say go through it with them research it find out what they're going through because it's all about knowing what it is. You don't have to understand what mm-hmm. someone's going through to go through it with them or just even to say, I don't understand, but I know you're hurting. Like, well, how can I be? here? Um, so to me, I don't know if that answered the question. I'm sorry. I kind of no, want to change it to me, you know, if it, it will affect everyone at some point. And it's just really about being kind and, and, and not judging
0: someone else for whatever they're going through in life, you know, just not giving up on anything, you know? Yeah. Offering compassion to people. And, and I love how you said just, Talking when you're talking to someone and just saying, "I don't understand, please enlighten me, like please tell me more about what your experience is because we don't know. everyone's experience is different, and even if there's multiple people with depression, they're all going through it differently. It's all being um, coped with differently. So asking someone like to tell you more about it, what does that feel like for you? like what what does it feel like? you know, just really kind of understanding that and just I think listening is probably the best part of it. Yeah. And you mentioned about like social media highlights. And I think we definitely get involved in that, which kind of made me bring up like an idea of um, people being afraid to be vulnerable. But I see, I see like you share your story so um, openly when I see other people share the really hard, not so pretty parts of their life. I feel, and this is my personal experience. I feel like that person is so strong Like, but that's, that stuff's hard to share about yourself. It's so hard. It's, and I'll tell you right now, I have a very hard
1: time being vulnerable. Um, I do, I, have I've fought with it and I always wanted to have the answers just like even on here going on. I'm like, okay, what are we going to say? And, um, and that's something I'm working on. I I am, I am in therapy. I go every week. And one of the things that, that I struggle with is disassociation. I disassociate. I can tell you my whole story and all people, everything that happened and not feel it. And and that's important to really just highlight, like being vulnerable is the hardest thing. And I'm definitely still working through it. I think we all need to do that at some point. I mean, yeah. everyone needs to, but um, it is scary to be vulnerable. It is scary to say, this is what I'm going through. Um, it's easy to talk about it. I mean, I'll tell you right now, like, <laughs> it's easy to talk about being vulnerable all the time. Sure. Um, but I appreciate you because I see you do that on so many levels and and sometimes you sometimes you take a step back and be like okay like what where are we with that feeling
0: or you know um so and you've done that for me too of like reaching out and be like okay like what's like I'm kind of seeing some stuff that you're posting but like what's really going on and I think having those people that are not going to take it's like everything's fine as an answer like I started using something that you taught me and Jen always says this phrase that I love she always says how's your heart she doesn't say, how are you? Because the automatic answer is I'm fine or I'm good. She's asking what's really going on behind that. And that's something I started actually implementing with other friendships that I have is like, how's your heart? And it's funny, like some people are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I don't want the vanilla answer of I'm fine or I'm good. I want to know what's really going on in your life. And I want you to know that yeah. I'm here and I want to listen And I think that was like so powerful for me when I first heard it, because when you hear it, it's not like you can just say, I'm fine or good. Like You really think about it. And I think that question like (laughs) you asked me is like, how am I like, what is my heart saying? You know, because it really caught me. Um, But with the vulnerability thing, I think for me, like what helps is really writing it out. You mentioned journaling as a great coping mechanism. That really helps me. I find for myself when I get really emotional, it's like, I cannot speak it until I've written it. But if you give me a pad of paper and a pen, I can write you stories, all stories. Right. And then once I've done that multiple times, I can then speak it. But some people like that's how they have to go through it is they have to really like, you know, go through it like that. And I've actually, I found out um, from a counselor of mine that it's a little bit of a stress re- stress response when you feel like you're in danger, which is that vulnerable experience you're having. Um, Feeling like you might lose friendships or be looked down upon for sharing certain parts of your story. A stress response is to literally draw blood away from your throat because that's not, like, important in a stress response. Like, you need blood to your extremities to, like, run away because there's danger, and I was like, oh, I've never thought about it like that. Um, but that's literally the experience I have when I'm feeling vulnerable or stressed or sad or very emotional. Like I right. cannot speak about it. And it's like biological, like blood goes away from your throat. Right. You like I know, didn't, like, I didn't, that's awesome. Throat. That, that's, yeah. And I actually was talking to um, someone yesterday about, you know, when you're feeling that like really clenched up feeling in your throat, oftentimes a question you can ask yourself is what are you not speaking the truth about? That's true. It's hard. I think it's hard
1: to, to get there sometimes. So like with the journaling, like I'll, I'll notice that sometimes I used to journal a lot, but I, I haven't been. And, and then you ask, why are, why are you not writing it? Like what, where is it stuck at? You know? Um, another thing is so funny, especially being in the, the fitness world. I know that you were a trainer. I know what you do. And you know, I'm a runner. Like I'll be honest with you. When I get super stressed out, I don't go for a run. Sometimes I do unhealthy things, you know, because that's easier and I think talking about that's really important too. And, and just being honest with ourselves, not with everyone else. And that's another thing I think that we get, it's like, who are you, who do you tell? Like for me, it's like, I need to tell everyone different things, but it's like, sometimes you have to sit with yourself and be like, okay, yeah. what am I going through? And that's what I think with the mental health, but then not too long, because then you don't want to just be in your little bubble. So that's why with the don't quit and the NAMI and with different organizations, like they have people free to reach out to like my whole, like the whole the whole basis of this with the mental health world we're talking about is like you are not alone. Like you sharing what you just share. Like that's I didn't I did not know that. And that makes complete sense about why you journaling would help.
0: Mm-hmm. Um anyways. But some people do like feel better speaking it. So it's all about, yeah. you know, journaling. I know I have few people in my life who are very resistant to journaling, which is yeah. I always encourage them to try it because I think that deep down there might be a fear of actually seeing what's going on in your mind, like on paper, I think that's scary for some people. And I totally get that. Um, but there's also so many other avenues. Like it doesn't have to just be this prescribed method of go run or go exercise. Right. So like like you said, I love that you brought up the unhealthy thing too, because like offering compassion to yourself and to others who are experiencing stress and they go to their automatic response. Like for me, it's always overeating. Mm Mm-hmm. And for you, I don't know if you want to share yours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a lot of them. I have a lot of things that there are. No, but it's okay. It's when I was actually, I was talking to um, a friend yesterday. She helps with the marketing for uh, Don't Quit, and we're about to launch something. During this whole, I mean, with this coronavirus, like everyone is definitely more alone, just like in your heads and like dealing with things. And I was talking. I was. I've been the bible study and on monday she was like i feel like there's just like this magnifying glass on me
0: because you're home every week
1: you're doing all the things anyway so we wanted to do i you see all these things going on right now about like the virtual runs and like the miles and whatever and i'm into that like i so i use running for me that's my mental thing so i'm like i'm gonna do this and it's not about me exercising and being in shape it's like okay i'm gonna go run 13 miles i'm gonna do it whether i walk it or run it it's just about finishing that's why whenever i run with you and anyone else that runs with me will know this i'm like I'm fine with us walking, but you pick a point and then you run to that point And then you walk, because I feel like if you're running, you know, five miles, all of a sudden like, okay, i gotta take a break and you just stop in my heart. I'm like, Oh my gosh. i just like, I quit that. So, but if I'm like, okay, I'm getting tired. I feel it. See that pole up there. I'm going to run to that pole. And then we're going to walk. It's just about that getting to that point, whatever it's that is. Like an intentional stopping point. Right. Just an intentional, I know in life you can't do that. Obviously I should know that more than anyone. Like you intentionally can't do everything. I'm working on that too. Um, but you know, anyways, we're seeing all these these um, these challenges or these motivating things, so we're going to do something, and it's going to bring. It's all about bringing mind and body together, the mental part of it. So whether it's, it's about drawing, that. yeah, drawing, sending a note, going and running, going outside and walking, just doing movement for a day, like it's about everything. And so the one thing about you know just don't quit. Yes, it is a half marathon, a five k. Yes, there's a meaning behind it, and there is something to be said for some that someone that can go run. 13 you know 20 miles or do those things yes they have some mental things in there that get you there I mean you've done it you've done a you know a marathon mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: but it's it's more than that and I think for the organization I want it to be the light is about the resources about the help about there's different outlets for like you said for every single person and also about giving yourself grace because we all every day no matter how good you have it there's days you don't want to get out of bed you don't want to move and you don't want to work and you don't want to do those things either and being okay with that but then just getting back up the next day or the next week you know and having people to reach out to having podcasts to listen to I tell you what podcasts I've listened to some really great ones um
0: after my mom
1: died I literally that's all I listened to was Elevation Church if anyone wants to hear it I was gonna say yeah he saved my life like for like he really did like some just real stuff you know you want people in your corner that are real people too so Mm -hmm. Anyways, we could talk forever
0: about that Uh, all the time. I love it, but it is so important to make sure you're surrounding yourself with positive content, especially when you're feeling down like that and you don't want to do anything and like understanding like that's okay. And offering compassion again to yourself. I'm always constantly saying like, just be curious about like what you're going through and like do it without judgment because you know that that just, whenever we're judging ourselves, like we're just putting resistance in the way of us finding a way through. So I think that if we can just sit with ourselves, like you said, or talk to a friend or do whatever we need to do, even if it's nothing like that's, you know, there is no expectation we're setting here. It's just, you need to work on finding what, what works for you, build right. up your toolbox. When one thing doesn't work, you have multiple others and then, out. Yeah. Because in different seasons, like I heard you mention about how you're not journaling lately, like it's just a different season, you know, like I pick up my journal. Sometimes I'm writing in it like religiously every single day. And then there's some times where I'm just don't and I wake up and I'll read or I'll do my workout right away. So it just depends on the season that you're going through too. And right now we're specifically in a different season. Everyone's trying to cope through it in a different way. And I think that it's great to recognize that and to understand that there is no expectation. You don't have to do anything. (laughs) You can just be with yourself and figure out what you need and you don't have to reach for all these external things to fill you up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I love you and I love your story. Oh my gosh.
1: Thank you. I love you. You're so special. Like I'll, I'll never forget our first nine
0: mile run that we
1: did um, together. Yes.
0: I have an episode. I think it was like one of my first it. episodes on the podcast. So you guys right. can go back and listen to that about how I ran nine miles after I've So met.
1: it's so funny. People are like the talk, like I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. And I'm like, right. But it's like, yes, you are. That Like it doesn't. And that's right. why I say want to be runner. Cause I don't feel like a runner because I don't do all the, well, trade running things but then you look at it and it's like so since the accident like I run half marathons like I'm almost well I, a lot of are, you push back. are you up to
0: 14 um,
1: I 14 I was gonna have my 15th in April in Kentucky and it got pushed back um but that's just it's my goal that I, I want to finish I want to finish it for my mom I want to finish it for for me um running looks different for me now I don't you know to me I don't I used to run, you know, 20, 30 miles a week or whatever. Now I run twice a week and I do cross training. And that's another thing when when life hits you with things that happen, you don't expect you have a new normal and going back to like the mental health world. Like I, I would like to say this too. Like when you, if you find out that you are dealing with something, whatever season that you're in, whether you get diagnosed, whether you're just going through something like, I don't like to look at people like you are not anxiety. You are not depression. You just have that. Just like You're you have anything serious. else, right. And you go through it. So just like when things happen, like in your life, you just learn how to deal with it in healthy ways, sometimes not healthy, but you try to get healthy, right? And you try to deal with it and you move on. So that's just really something important to think because I always say, like, what's your new normal people go through through bad things, whenever families go through something, you know, like what what's your new normal? And and for some days it, it doesn't have to be good things, but then mm-hmm. you just have to find out how to get there and like the whole thing is just like, you're not alone. Like people are not alone out there. And that's like the biggest thing. Like when I read mom's journals, how alone she felt, but she was so loved. Like you wish you could just go back and like explain it differently, yeah. but um, you can't always. And so that's why I just like, my husband's like, you could talk to the wall. You can talk to anyone. I'm like, you, you, you know, it's because I want everyone I come in contact with to feel like, you know, they're special and like, you know, and I really mean that too.
0: So you do make everyone you talk to, you feel special. You're so <laughs> sweet. You do. And if you meet Jen ever, you will know that she will instantly connect to you. You will instantly know her story and she will know everything about you and your life and what you love. Everything. <laughs> it's her, it's her superpower. I can learn your life story in five minutes or less. You literally probably. can. That's like her job <laughs> to know in the, to know you and to understand you and let you know you're not alone. And she just lives that every single day. So, uh, well, I try. It's not. We're not. We're not perfect.
1: We try, right? We try. I to feel piece. like the
0: whole running mindset could be a totally, completely different podcast because I have so much to say about that. I know it's. I'll I know. probably talk about it more as I work my way back into my running <clears> journey after you know being with a injured hip. But even with that, I ran a half marathon. Yep. I you know, I, I didn't really train for that, but I did yep. it, and could did do. it. Yeah. I was so proud of myself for doing that. Like there was no expectation other than do my best, and I did. mm -hmm. And And the the
1: running thing really is the mental thing. Like it goes, like to me, it goes together. Yeah. Because with running, it hurts sometimes after a mile, sometimes after two miles. Obviously with your hip, you're hurting. Yeah. And it's just about getting your mind to where you're going to finish it, even if you walk it, you run it. You know, life's like that. Life throws stuff at you left and right all the time. Well, and and to to go to that, get up and do it. it.
0: With that, with that half marathon we did in Indiana, so Jen and I and Jordan, our friend, um, did a half marathon in Indiana, and I didn't really train for it because I was scared, honestly. And I did this; I did the marathon, the half marathon. I was hurting afterwards, my uh, hip flexor and like that hip area was really hurting. But then, in a couple months later, I went to do a marathon. I didn't finish it, but it was surprising that I I went into that marathon knowing that no matter what happened, like I was going to make this the best, most fun experience ever. And I made it to mile 18 and I don't think I really had any pain like afterwards. So it just shows. And I did another podcast episode on this mindset behind the miles. You can go check out that one. But I just think that really says a lot for with physical activity and really with anything. I mean, this, this mindset that I took to apply to that marathon can be applied to every other area of life because how you do one thing is how you can do everything. Like it it applies. It's just whether you choose to, to do that or not, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. So amazing. I think mental health is something like you said, that I think everything everyone needs to be aware of. I think that it's, something we all experience through going through different transitions. Like you said, new normals, we all have that at some point in our life where we have to experience that that grieving process where we experience negative emotions and like understanding that welcoming those in and knowing it's okay and that you're gonna survive and you're gonna make through it that I think it's so important to talk about and to not quit. So Jen, any last final thoughts and as well as um, where they can find more about you and don't quit? Oh my gosh. There's so many final thoughts. Just,
1: you know, you're not alone. Like there's just the resources. I keep, I keep reiterating it. Like there's so many resources and people out there that truly care, whether it's, you know, you reach out to an organization, whether it's your, you know, your religion or church or whatever, there's so many things out there. Um, You know, I always say, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't save my mom. Right. I couldn't. And I go back and I look at that. And, you, and there's so many, so many other like suicide rate, rates. I mean, we can go. There's so many numbers like teen suicide, and and then military. You know what I mean? Like 22 suicides a day. You see that? And it's like just knowing that they're not alone. Knowing you're not alone. Um, and you know, if you want to go find resources, you can go. Um, we have a Facebook. Don't it's really easy. Don't quit 13.1. If you just Google, it, it'll pull everything up. Um, our Don't Quit Foundation that we just started um, this. A few months ago, um, all that it's a foundation that I started um, with my husband, and then also so Marsha um, Rogers, she's um, she's on it too. We we just basically it's just putting on the race right now, and that race is raising is going to raise money for other nonprofits that have mental health resources or um, that have to do with that. So this year, of course, we are partnering with NAMI North Texas. Um, if if you have any questions about how to get help or to go please visit don't quit 13.1 go to North Texas directly. Um, and they have that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I would love don't quit 13.1 to be like another, like Susan G. Komen where it goes everywhere, you know, nationwide, where um, just people get together. I will share this last story. Um, I was at the race last year. And I had a mom come up to me. I think I told you. Did I tell you the story? I don't know. I'm not sure. And tell it anyway. She she came up to me. Um, it was the, it was during the race, and I was running around and doing things. And she was like, "Oh, you're Jennifer Gray. That was my old last name. I'm Jennifer Anthony now, but I was Jennifer Gray." <laughs> She's like, "You're Jennifer Gray. You, did you you, you help put the race on?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "My son um, was diagnosed um, depressed with depression last year. Um, he was suicidal." Um, he doesn't talk about it. He won't talk about it. He, you know, he's on medication. He found this race online and he's running his first half marathon.
0: Wow. And
1: um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that to, like, sometimes you go through things and you do things you're like, Oh, what am I doing? You know, you get in the middle of it. And then I hear those stories. And at that moment, during that time that he's running, he's looking around, we had over 600 people this year. He's looking around. And like I said, some people are there for the run and the race and it's awesome. And then they actually on the race, you learn about what the race is about, right? You kind of learn that mm-hmm. of any race that you do. But this young man, whoever he was, I don't know who he was at that moment during that race, knew that he was surrounded mostly by people that were there for the same reason as him, you know, for that just to not feel alone. So Anyways, I will end on that, but that was, I take that with me. Anytime I kind of get disgruntled or I'm like, Oh, is this going to work? Are we going to have run, you know, whatever I think of that story. And it's like, you know, he looked it up online. He came out here. He did this. Like, that's why we're doing this to spread awareness, to help people not feel alone. That's why we're doing it.
0: So powerful. And yeah, I mean, it helped that one life and it's going to continue to help hundreds, if not thousands of people as you continue to grow and I totally believe that it can be another Susan G. Coleman. It's, it absolutely is mo- where we're moving towards, and especially with everything that's going on in the world. We need this more than ever. And I am just so thankful that you had the courage and to share your story so that more people have the courage to share theirs. Appreciate you, Katie. Aww. Love you again, but we have all of Jen and Don't Quit's information in the bio, so definitely go check it out if you're interested. If you in, are in North Texas or anywhere, just come to the Don't Quit race. Do the 13.1 or do the 5K. I'll be there. Jen will be there. We have a virtual run, too. We have a virtual run yeah. that's new, so yeah. you can participate no matter where you are at in anywhere. You can participate in this movement, so thank you again, Jen, for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. You are what makes this movement and message possible. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend, a coworker, a family member, or take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform and tag Mind and Body Strong. To learn more about coaching and courses to help you take your journey to the next level, visit mindandbodystrong.com.